started, we had like one subscriber, and now we have 47 people that follow along and engage on some level. I'm really thankful for that, just being faithful, doing my best to teach the Bible because that's what pastors do. <clears throat> they do their best, teach a Bible, help people learn about God, leave the results up to the Lord. So <clears throat> I'm being faithful. My focus when I teach is to help disciples make disciples. Now what that means is that everybody who follows God can help one other person learn about God. Now what happens is, is people do that, these little groups form, those are called churches. It's really that simple. And we've been going through the book of Acts and I've been documenting this for you as we've seen the beginning of the church, how it worked. Uh, how does Jesus spend time with 12, 12 people go out after a few years of being trained and relationship. You'll see that the kingdom of God is organic and powerful, not corporate and weak. It's organic and powerful. How does that happen? Well, this is why we're looking at the early followers of Jesus, try to understand what was happening and how this thing called the church formed and morphed and how it was fluid and how it was dynamic and how it was cross-cultural and it was impactful and it met the needs of people and it proclaimed the gospel of Jesus. Paul is a black belt in this, so we're studying him in Acts chapter 18. Now, the last time we looked at Bible on the Beach, Paul found himself in a court. He found himself having some success. Uh, a whole family came to the Lord. Immediately after that, he's back in court. He's getting slandered. He's getting accused. The fight breaks out. For those of you who think that following God is this buttoned-up thing that you go to on the weekends for one hour, that is so boring and has nothing to do with the beginning of the earliest followers of Jesus. Most people's versions of church now is a sanctimonious, safe, sanitized version of, which is kind of like a white belt version of faith. It's very, very disconnected from what it meant for the earliest followers who were way out there in the wild, wild west doing wild things for God. Now what we want is we want to have a safe, <clears throat> sort of secure, sanctimonious little version of faith, but we want to use the language and get the results of the New Testament. And does it work like that? There was massive risk, massive gamble. Um, it was wild. We're gonna pick it up today in Paul's life. Now, every time in, in Acts chapter 18, verse 18 through 28, now every time we come to the Bible, I like to say, God, give me the eyes to see, give me the ears to hear, give me the heart to feel so that I can be who you want me to be today. And in that spirit, Let's get right into it today. Now, after <clears throat> remaining in Corinth several more days, Paul finally bid shalom to the believers and sailed away for the coast of Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Now, in the beginning of the church, they didn't have seminaries and Bible courses and YouTube, all the stuff that we have today. So how did Paul discern how long he was supposed to stay, uh, and then when he was supposed to roll out. Well, that's a spiritual algorithm that only Paul had access to because it was Paul, Acts is documenting Paul's personal relationship with Jesus 
in the guidance of the Holy Spirit in all sorts of different contexts. And that's really the point. We like certainty in our life. That's what we invest in. Take money, we invest in certainties. We invest in probable outcomes. Well, this is antithetical to what it actually means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is nothing about having your certainties be met or your sure thing happen or your plan succeed. It is not that. Following Jesus is personal, specific, and dynamic with no guaranteed outcomes. We don't like that. We like formulas and algorithms so that we can equal results. No, 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 my friend. All the spiritual results are left up to God. It's so personal, God could have you here one day, have you here in another, have you talking to this person, then have you go talk to this person. It's fluid and dynamic, just like it was in Paul's life. <clears throat> and so he's in court, he's out of court, he's with the family, he's getting slandered, now he's on a sailboat. <laughs> All in a real quick succession here. So <clears throat> when they reached Ephesus, Paul left Priscilla and Aquila behind then he went into the synagogue and spoke to the Jews. So this boat journey would have taken a while. So a lot of serving God just requires patience and trust. You're not going from one meeting to the next. Sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're sailing for a week. What are you doing? Praying, talking to God a lot. That's what he was doing. <clears throat> so he asked him to stay there longer, but he refused and said farewell to them, adding, I will come back to you if it is God's will after I go to Jerusalem to observe the feast. Then he set sail from Ephesus for Caesarea. When he arrived there um, on Jerusalem to visit the church and pray for them, he left for Antioch. After spending some time there, Paul continued on through the region of Galatia, Phrygia, and central Turkey. And whenever he went, he encouraged and strengthened the believers. So what Paul's doing now is he's going back and he's encouraging the disciples that he made and the churches that he started. So there's, there's, there's a responsibility to encourage disciples and churches that Paul accepted. Paul didn't delegate the spiritual responsibility that he had to the disciples and the churches that God used him to raise up. He accepted that responsibility, which is why he went back and he tried to um, encourage lift up and come alongside those other believers. So after spending, so a Jewish man by the name of Apollos arrived in Ephesus. He was a native of Alexandria who was recognized as an educated and cultured man. He was powerful in the scriptures, had accepted Jesus and had been taught about the Lord. He was spiritually passionate for Jesus and a convincing teacher, although he only knew about the baptism of John, he fearlessly preached in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard Apollos' teachings, they met him privately and revealed to him the ways of God more completely. So God is always raising up people that love him and follow him. And God has his people everywhere. Here's Apollos. God raised up a powerful man, a genuine man, a sincere man. It's God's work. It's God's word. It's God's kingdom. It's not our work. 
it's not our word, it's our kingdom. We just get to participate in what God is always doing. I've surfed for 36 years. What I understand about surfing is you don't make the waves, <laughs> you just get to ride them. And that's a great spiritual metaphor for our life. We don't make the kingdom of God, we just get to be a part of what God is already doing. It changes your focus and a smart surfer doesn't make waves, he just studies wind and studies tide and studies swell and studies temperature and studies uh, buoys and wind reports and has a unique understanding of when and how it will be best to get out there and get a couple. It's the perfect metaphor for our spiritual life. We don't create moves of God or works of God. We just study, man, what's God doing? How can I be a part of it? How can I get in on it? When you do that, all of life changes. And it gets really, really fun when your focus is, I just want to be a part of what God's doing. The kingdom doesn't revolve around us and our thing. It's all about God, whatever he's doing. Like the waves behind us, they change every single day. The conditions change every single day as do the spiritual conditions and realities in our world. Now look at verse 27. Then Apollos, with the encouragement of the believers, went to the province of Achaia. He took a letter of recommendation from the brothers of Ephesus so his ministry would be welcomed to the region. He was a tremendous help to the believers and caused them to increase in grace. Apollos boldly and publicly confronted the Jews, vigorously debating them, proving undeniably from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. So... Again, we find this theme of courage, this theme of boldness, this theme of never backing down, of lovingly and kindly proclaiming the truth that Jesus is God, that the word of God is from God, and we go forth in that strength and that power by the power of the Holy Spirit, and God does amazing things. It's really that simple. Hold on to the Lord, hold on to his word, be led by the Holy Spirit, and God will do beautiful things in and through your life every single day. As always, thank you so much for joining me in Bible on the Beach. Hope you got a lot out of this today. If you're getting taught and trained through this, would you do me a favor and tell and text uh, someone else uh, so that they can follow along and hear from God and be encouraged every day as well. Until next time, have a beautiful day.